In today's show, we're looking at the Philadelphia 76ers for a fantasy basketball preview before the season. Instead of, uh, well, Michael Bolton's here. Bev's here as well. Doggies, doggies, doggies. Bark, bark, bark. That's for tonight. Michael Bolton, what else have we got to do? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lord and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Earlier today, you've seen a Blazers preview. You've seen a Sixers preview with the hosts of Locked On Blazers and Locked On Sixers, respectively. Of course, yeah, we wouldn't want them to host the opposite shows. So we're going to talk Philadelphia from a fantasy point of view. It is really tough to do the Sixers, but you know, I couldn't leave it for weeks and weeks to find out what happens with Ben Simmons. So we're doing it now. And then if Simmons is traded or when Simmons is traded, everything will be adjusted on the Basketball Monster site. I am 100% certain I would do a show specifically dedicated to a Simmons trade when it goes down and talking about the value changes there. But at this point, I can't say, yeah, this guy's going to have this value because this is what happens in a Simmons trade. Because I don't know who comes back. As Keith said earlier today, yeah, I think a point guard is coming back and an established player is coming back. So it won't be 35 minutes for Tyrese Maxey and a big boost in usage for Tobias Harris and Shake Milton and Matisse, Matisse Thibel playing 30 minutes. It's just unlikely that all that stuff happens. But we don't know. So let's talk about sort of how this team is structured at the moment and uh, and, we'll, and we'll do that. We'll, we'll talk about the changes when Simmons is moved later on, when that does actually happen. Let's look at how their schedule looks for the upcoming season. Really, really good, in fact, for most the most part. 56 quality games is the third most in the NBA. So they are playing on a lot of the high leverage days, a lot of the days with fewer games. So you can use these guys who, and there'll be a lot of them, Maxis, Milton's, Thibels, you know, streaming in Drummond at times. A lot of value in the back end there. They have 13 back-to-backs. That's below average. And as I talked about with Keith, Joel Embiid is not, he is not, heading into this season with a plan to sit back-to-backs. He plays back-to-backs, and as Keith mentioned, which is a good point, that Embiid's pissed that he didn't win the MVP because he was injured. He's going to want to play through it as much as he can. There's a risk. His knee, it could be rooted really at any point, but it's not the plan going into the season. In the default Yahoo playoffs, they've got a great schedule, a 4-4-4. The Moses Malone, 12 games, the most of any team. In my default playoffs, ending March 20th, it's not quite as rosy. 3-3-4, 10 games. That's one fewer than the maximum over that time frame. But overall, the schedule for Philadelphia, it looks pretty rosy. Good quality games, low back-to-backs, good playoff schedule. It's a really, really good picture in terms of how we're viewing this team from a fantasy point of view. Let's look at some pressure points. Really, it is just the Simmons trade. That's, that's the big thing on this team. We expect it to happen. We can't guarantee that it will happen, but we expect it to happen. And as I've said in multiple areas, in mock drafts, on the show with Keith... Keith, why can't I say that name? Um, Simmons is in a situation where you know, his usage is particularly low. He regressed last season. I don't really see him going to any team where it's worse than Philadelphia. 
And I think we look at what Simmons did last season as the absolute worst case scenario. He regressed significantly. He's been better than that from a fantasy perspective in Philadelphia. And I think where he goes, the numbers will go up. The, the efficiency will go up. Well, not the efficiency, sorry. The usage will go up. His assists and rebounds will be good. They dropped a little bit last season. They'll be pretty good. He'll get his defensive stats. Hopefully, he improves his free throws, but you don't bank on it. I think there is value in Simmons from a fantasy point of view this upcoming season. He is currently um, got a rank of 55 on ESPN, 53 on Yahoo, 50 on Fantrax. Yeah, Simmons had multiple seasons of being like a top 25 player, especially when you're punting free throws. So I don't think that we need to yeah, be, be completely down on what he brings. He was what? You know, last, in 1920, he was the 25th ranked player with horrendous free throws. 36 and 32. The two, like that, they're his first three seasons. And then last year, he was down at 67 because there was a usage drop. There was an assist rate drop. There was a rebound drop. There's a steal rate drop, a field goal percentage drop. Everything fell away. And we've seen three years of him being better in all those areas. So look, you get him at 50, he falls to 60 or 70. There is risk of him sitting out games for sure. I honestly don't think that happens. And legitimately could be a top 30 player this upcoming season. Easily, especially in a punt scenario. And in a points league, he's better than category leagues in general too. Really, really... um, I think he's going to slide a lot in drafts. In some drafts, people hate him. And that, that's a factor. And I think that, again, look at his first three seasons. Last year was a disaster. I don't see how it gets worse than that. I think he'll be better. Um, let's go on to the next situation, and that is breakout candidates. The name here has to be Tyrese Maxey, but as I will consistently caution with Maxey, and people look at this, and this is something, and I get majority of you listening to this, watching this, will understand this point. Some of you do not, and I think it's something you really need to focus on. When people look at trades, Bradley Beal will get traded. This guy's getting traded. Ben Simmons gets traded. Therefore, player X currently on the roster steps into a large role. That is how people view it. But you have to remember, players come back in trades. It is not... Well, Simmons is gone, so his 35 minutes have to go to somebody. Tyrese Maxey, you now have 35 minutes tonight. Shake Milton, you now you get 22 minutes. Matisse Thibel, you get a boost. That's assuming that nobody comes back. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell comes back. How about we just slot D'Angelo straight into Simmons' 34 minutes? And if two players come back, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, I'll keep using the Timberwolves examples. Russell and Beasley come back. That's two guys that enter the rotation that make things worse for those other players. So while I, I love Maxi, I think he's a very good player. I think eventually you'd want him to be able to play off ball in the Shake Milton role, which he's taken this year, I think, and then into a Seth Curry role eventually. That, that's his role to me long term. It's not as, as simple, I don't think, as Simmons leaving. Maxi is the 35 minutes, 33 minute, 32 minute starting point guard. That said, I really like what he's going to be able to do. I think he elevates into a larger role this season and can be someone that you want to take a flyer in that last round. I've got no problem. We're going to talk about him a little bit more later on. There's a lot of maxi content coming. You can look at him a little bit later on. But you know, we have to be really cautious about just describing all of Simmons' usage and role and minutes towards a bloke, assuming nobody comes back in a trade. That's just not how that works. All right, guys. Football started. 
Pro football, college football, we're off and away. And the best place to place your bets on all football is at Bet Online. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Get in and take advantage of all of their great offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. If you're watching sports, you got it in one spot. Live sports, great. We love it. Then you got your favorite on-demand shows. Then you got highlights that you watch on your phone. Then you got someone else's login for something else that you really desperately need to watch. It's a mess. Some would say it's a cluster something, which I'm not going to swear in the ad for DirecTV. Let me tell you about the uh, new product, DirecTV Stream. This gets all of the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It brings live TV and live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let us move on to... Some fantasy sleepers. Um, Danny Green's not particularly sexy as a fantasy guy. All he does... Oh, in fact, you know what? What should we do? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. That is correct. That is all Danny Green does. He goes out there and he's a really he's a great player. We saw him get hurt with a calf injury last year and the Sixers turned to mush. I'm not saying that's all Danny Green, but I'm also not not saying that. Green will have a solid role, 26 to 8, 28 minutes. Best shot blocking guard. Outside of his teammate, Matisse Thibel. Reliable three-point shooter. He's not the greatest fantasy guy, but the steals and blocks that he provides are useful. And he's ranked 177 on Yahoo, which, again, puts him out of 12-team league discussions. I wouldn't necessarily be drafting Dan Green in 12-teamers, but I don't think it's a disastrous decision. He was 117th last year in 28 minutes. Yes, fueled by the steals and blocks. We're well aware of that. But if you need steals and blocks, and you don't want a center who's going to blow up your free throws, Green's an option for you. Tyrese Maxey, 195 on Yahoo. Um, yeah, that's that's there's some value in that. 206 on Fantrax and unranked on ESPN. I think that even in like a 23 to 25 minute roll off the bench, he can beat those numbers. It's probably more for 14 team leagues versus 12 teamers, but not, not a bad option. While the painter, Matisse Thibel's at 241. He was 217th last year in 20 minutes. He probably does get an extra couple of minutes. Maybe he could take minutes away from green, as Keith suggested. His steals and blocks are absolutely elite. The problem is he averages like four points a game or five points a game, which is obviously shit house. But there is value in those defensive numbers. So his ranking at 241 is too low. And then the old thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Harris comes in at 66 on ESPN. Toby was the 31st ranked player last year. In points leagues, he was the 49th ranked player. I think there's probably a little bit of regression from him being 31 last season. But not 35 spots. 66 is absolute theft for Tobias Harris. Yahoo's got him at 43, Fantrax at 42. No worries. I think that is that back-end third-round, early fourth-round player. That's who he is, I think. And I don't really see much upside. That's why we gave him the Thick Hogs- Hogsman uh, nickname. Because he's just solid. He's boring, 
It's just consistency. So I needed to spice him up a bit. So I needed to give him something to give him a bit of flavor. And that's why he is the thick hogsman now. And he's, yeah, initials a TH, of course. But 66 is uh, he's pretty uh, pretty much insanity to me. On the bus side of things, um, guys, what are we doing? Why have we got the big avocado? He's ranked 93, Andre Drummond, on Yahoo. His ADP is actually higher than that somehow. So people are looking at the top of their queue and they're seeing, they're seeing guys at the top of their queue and they're scrolling down. Because if he's, if he's 93 and his ADP is 84, that means he's not getting auto-drafted at the top of a queue. People are looking at Andre Drummond and going, you know what? I need this guy in my team. He will play zero minutes next to Joel Embiid. Embiid should be playing 32 to 33 minutes a night. So that leaves most nights 16 minutes max for Andre Drummond. There will be games that Embiid misses. Sure. But are we really drafting him in round eight, seven in some situations, to sit on our bench and play 16 minutes a night for 60 60 games, maybe 70 games? And then he starts 20 of them and you go, look at me. And let's remember, he was shit house in the playoffs. And as I said so many times last year, I don't think Andre Drummond's an NBA starter ever again. He puts up empty numbers, but you go to a good team and they won't tolerate that bullshit. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. This is one of the most illogical rankings and draft positions I have ever seen. Fantrax has got him at 79. ESPN's got him at 129, and even that is too high. But at 79, 93, is there anyone, anyone watching this video? If you are, please drop it in the comments below. I'll come back and argue with you. No worries. Are you considering Andre Drummond at 93, 79? 84? Are you considering it? Are you insane? Are you even considering it? I, 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 I don't get it. In a 14-team points league, I would look at him maybe as a guy that you can sneak into round 12. Maybe. Maybe he can be that in his limited minutes. He's, he is a better points league guy than category like uh, category league guy at this point. But those, those, those rankings make no sense. There's no justification for him being that high. And then people going, nah, you know what? Yahoo, you've actually got him too low. You've got him too low. We're going to go higher than that. Kids, cover your ears. Fuck me drunk. What are you doing? Anyway, maybe I'm going to look so stupid by saying this about drama. I don't know. <sighs> Let's talk about deep league flyers. Shake Milton. I don't particularly think Milton is a great player. But you can get him really late in drafts. He'll have a solidish bench roll. I do think that Maxi and Thibel are going to be ahead of him. And I th- but Milton still plays every night. So he's an okay deep league guy that flies under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Maxi, we've talked about already. If you want to take that flyer, the last pick of a standard league, I probably wouldn't. But you can. You want to go really deep? Paulie Reed. I could make an argument that in some situations, Reed will be better as a backup center than Andre Drummond. He stuffs the stat sheet, rebounds. Steals, blocks, scoring. We need his efficiency to be a little bit better, but he is an absolute fantasy stud on a permanent basis, waiting to see what can happen. It might not ever happen, but he is an interesting deep league guy. Then Seth Curry is a guy that I don't think we should be really looking at necessarily as a must-roster 12-team league guy. He was 148th in 29 minutes last season. Had some injuries, of course. He's a really interesting three-point streamer, 
And if you're desperate for threes in the last round, like he's fine in that last round area of standard leagues, but not someone that I'm super into as a must-draft 12-team league guy at, uh, at this stage. Guys, if you need parts for your car, you don't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. That's insanity. What, what are you doing? That's as dumb as drafting Andre Drummond at 79. Rock Auto is the place that you need to go. You don't need to pay more money, waste your time going somewhere to be belittled by a bloke behind the counter. Get that out, out of here. Just go to rockauto.com and find all the parts available for your car or truck from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything that you could possibly need. They are an online family business who have been serving auto parts customers for the last 20 years. So go to rockauto.com, check out their great catalog, check out their great website, and put everything you need into your cart. And when you're checking out in their How Did You Hear About Us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. Right, Locked On, in that box, and they know we sent you. Everything you need for your car or truck is there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And of course, the best tasting protein bar ever is Built Bar. You know that. Built Bar tastes delicious. There are great flavors right across the board. Raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, the goat, salted caramel, mint brownie, double chocolate. So many different great flavors at Built Bar. But not only are these the delicious protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, these are also good for you. They're healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs in these Built Bars. And now you can get the delicious, healthy Built Bars for 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15. Go to Built.com, put them in your cart, as many boxes as you can, as you can fit in there, and use the promo code. It is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. You save 15% off by going to Built.com. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. All right, let's go on to the rest of the players on this team. And there's someone we haven't uh, chatted about. Let's do it now. Joel Embiid. Embiid is a guy that was the fifth-ranked player on a per-game basis last year. I've got him projected to be around sixth on a per-game basis this season. You do have to worry a little bit about his injuries. But to me, you get to that decision area after the top eight, where at number nine, you're looking at Beal, Tatum, or Embiid. Out of that group... If you want to take a flyer on a bloke who could be a top three player, the answer is clearly Embiid. We don't know if he'll get hurt. The risk of him getting hurt is more than Tatum or Beal. But if he plays 75 games and you get him at pick nine, you could be absolutely laughing by the end of the season. If you get him at pick 12, I I do not let Embiid fall out of the first round. I am not as worried about his injuries as others are. I could be wrong on that very easily. But he is going to be a beast I don't think Simmons leaving really helps him because it's not like Simo was getting huge usage. But I also don't think that your D'Angelo Russell coming in, they're going to say, right, Joel, just make sure D'Lo gets enough shots. It's going to be like, D'Lo, get the ball to the big fella and get out of the fucking way. Like That's pretty much what it should be. And that's what it was last season. So, yeah, Embiid, I'm, I'm pretty... Would I take him over Tatum or Beal? Probably Yes. Yeah, I think I would. I would happily, I think I would take that risk. Now, if I'm in multiple leagues and I've got multiple picks at number nine, I'd probably do Tatum in some situations or Beal in some spots and Embiid. And I don't think there's really a wrong answer there. And that goes with so much of the first round. Unless you're going to be stupid and take Tobias Harris at pick four, like taking any of Jokic, Curry, Harden, Lillard, Towns, um, I'm sure there's many players, Doncic, Giannis, Durant, Embiid, Beal, Tatum, like any of these guys in the first round. Yeah, there are little areas that you, you make that. You don't take Tatum at two. And if, but yeah, people will let Harden fall to seven. Like they, it's, hard to, it's hard to screw that up. It's hard to screw up the first round. So if you want to take Embiid at nine, 
or Embiid at seven and Tatum at nine or whatever you want to do, I don't think there's any real wrong answer there. I think you're going to get good production from those guys the vast majority of the time, which we're well aware of. Furky from Turkey, Furkan Korkmaz is going to come in. He's going to do what he does, be a nice three-point streamer that if someone gets hurt and he starts, he'll have a game where he has 30 points and hits six threes and people will go crazy. And then he'll have four points on one of 12 shooting. This is what he does. He offers little in the other areas, so he's not particularly exciting. But he'll have a role. Maybe Reed can take some of his playing time because at this point, you know, their power forward situation is you know, Korkmaz playing up a little bit because, again, the bench is going to be Milton, Maxi, Thibault, and you want Korkmaz in there. So he's probably going to have to play a lot of small ball four or unless they're going with George Niang there. Or maybe it's Paul Reed that can step in. Yeah, Niang was solid-ish last season but in terms of what his role was, but... He played 16 minutes tonight and was the 332nd ranked player. Now, you're not particularly exciting. Um, you see, they're probably the major uh, major rotation guys. The package! Then there is Jaden Springer, the package. He just turned 19. There's going to be very few minutes available for him. I think you'll see him mainly playing, uh, I think they're, they're the Blue Coats. Yeah, I think he'll be playing for the Blue Coats, Delaware, uh, in the G League this season. Let's see how he develops. He struggled a little bit in Summer League. Uh, Charles Bassey still hasn't signed. But there is a roster spot available there for him. I don't know what they're waiting for. I expect him to take that final roster spot, but he hasn't taken it yet. He could work his way to be the third string center, but he also is not on the roster at this point. Isaiah Joe takes a lot of threes. So if they are forced due to massive injuries or whatever happens, COVID, whatever it is, he can be a three-point streamer. You've got Aaron Henry and Grant Rilla as their two two-way players who just really, yeah, along with Joe, Bassey, Springer, these guys are going to be playing assuming no injuries, the majority of their time in the G League. Uh, there is some, I like I like Joe. I like Bassey. I like Springer. I like a lot of these back-end guys. I like Riller a little bit too, who did struggle mightily last season. But that's sort of how this Sixers team is looking for the upcoming season. Guys, don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. On YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Tell me that the dogs are going to win the final tonight against Port. Drop it in the comments down below. Wish us good luck. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.